For many copywriters, finding paid work is problematic. You need to find the client, you need to do the negotiation, you need to get the brief, do the invoicing, and much more. But what if you could have someone do it all for you? Someone who could find the clients for you, place you in the role, take care of the negotiation, organize the finance so that you just turn up and write. You'll never have to source work for yourself again, and you'll get to work with some amazing high-profile clients which will look great on your portfolio. Wouldn't that all be great? Well, that service does exist, and it's called Creative Recruiters. And the woman who runs it is called Vicki Ann Cragen, and she is my very special guest today. I'm Bernadette Schwert, and I've been a copywriter for 30 years. I got my first business card for copywriting by putting $20 into a vending machine at North City train station, and I've never looked back. So if you struggle to feel like a fraud, just know that almost anything is better than getting your credentials from a vending machine, like I did. Now, since then, I've been working as an account director with large multinationals, including Young and Rubicon. And just to show you how long I've been doing this, I was the account director and copywriter on the direct marketing campaign that launched Optus into Australia. Yes, I've been doing it that long. And incidentally, I've noticed that they're still running the Yes campaign. Incredible, nearly 30 years later. I guess if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Now, this is my favorite part of my week because it's when I get to sit down with an expert in the copywriting industry and I get to pick their brains about how copywriters can find more work, write more effectively and get paid more. Now, speaking of getting paid more, when you hear what Vicky Ann has to say, you'll be so glad that you can enroll in any one of our three courses because all of them will set you up to become the copywriter that she's looking for which is very, very specific. That's very exciting. Now, becoming an SEO copywriter in particular will help you get paid that little bit more, a little more often. Now, Rachel Ma recently completed our online SEO copywriting course, and this is what she had to say. I found Bernadette incredibly engaging and knowledgeable in the course. Every week, I look forward to listening to her feedback that she gave to every single course participant because she always infused so much passion and value into her assessment. The course was so well structured while giving the perfect amount of flexibility. It allowed me to complete each week's module comfortably given I was working full time. I thoroughly enjoyed the SEO copywriting course from start to finish. Thank you, Bernadette, for a wonderful course. Well, thank you, Rachel, for doing it. So if you're keen to get started on your copywriting journey, want to learn more about new jobs that are coming up, want to connect with other copywriters and get your questions answered, you might like to consider copyclub.com.au. You'll get to attend regular Ask Me Anything sessions with me. You'll get your copy critiqued. You'll get masterclasses on pricing and pitching and much, much more. So if you're already listening to our podcast and you like it, please leave a review. We'd love to know what you think. So let's get started. Vicky, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Bernadette. It's lovely to be here. Excellent. I would love for you to tell us what do you do? Because I know copywriters are going to be very excited to hear about this particular service. Look, the reason that recruitment companies exist is to find really that unicorn that a company needs. Um, our clients come to us with usually briefs that for roles that they can't fill themselves or they don't have time to fill themselves. And our role is to go to market and find the perfect person. Our clients, they won't pay your, pay our fees if we don't find the perfect person. Um, and I think that's the little missing link that a lot of people don't understand about recruiters 
it's 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 very hard for us to you know put someone in a role that doesn't have the exact skill that the client's looking for. And how do you position yourself differently to a normal recruiter? What's your specialty? Okay, we specialize in the um, design and creative field. So anything that sits under creative, so that includes all of the digital marketing roles, the copywriter roles and the content producer roles, which really these days is unfortunately one role. We can get to talk about that a little bit later. Um, All of the design and creative roles, such as your traditional graphic designers, creative directors, finished artists, etc. In the digital space, all the UX, UI and product design roles, studio and production, and then all of the suits that hold it together. But I know that you're mostly interested in the, the copywriting roles. I am indeed. And I'm just curious in terms of what kind of copywriters do best with you? Well, that has really changed over the last, I would say, probably particularly in the last two years, but it's probably been coming for the last three or four. Traditionally, it was the um, the long copy, the white paper um, production. It was technical writing, internal, external comms. Um, these days it's become very digital focused. So there's three moles, roles that are li- literally merging into one. It's the digital marketer, the social media manager, and the content producer. And leading those three skills is copywriting. They're actually looking for copywriters to do those roles, and it's merged into one. And are you finding people who can do all those three roles or has that been a struggle? They're unicorns. Because it's fairly new um, to put everything together, the people that perhaps started in content-based roles or, or traditional marketing roles that have gone into communications, you know, if they've done all of those three things, they're more than likely wherever they are now Um, unless they've got additional help, they're probably doing all three things together. Um, But they will have only been doing that for the last couple of years. Therefore, those people aren't really on the job market right now. And so the conundrum for our clients is trying to find those people, but those people are really only coming up through the, the, the system as we speak. What do you think's led to this change this merging I mean it feels pretty obvious what the answer might be but I want to hear it from you what is it is it about budget is it about speed of getting the work done what's happened that's combined these jobs yeah I don't think it's about budget or speed or anything like that it's actually about content is king content is what drives people to your website and once people are at your website they then need to be encouraged to engage in your services whether you're buying something Um, you know, a product or whether you're buying a service. And that is what it's all about now. And so the writer has to be able to write very um, rich SEO heavy writing, whether it's for blogs, whether it's for GIFs, whether it's for images across social, but it's about engaging the person and getting them to click on something and the role of the writer is to be able to engage at that level so that you do click so you do get taken to wherever it is that the person wants you to go Um, and the writer is only as 
powerful as the engagement. So the writer now has to be able to get their content onto all of the different platforms, whether it's a website or whether it's a social media platform, and then read the analytics to find out whether or not their copy is actually being engaged with. And so if you're not writing in that way and if you're if you're not then learning how to get the content out into the world and then you're not learning how to make sure the analytics are telling the right story so you know what to write, you know what's engaging, um, you know, we're, we're not at that stage yet but every company wants it. Right. So what do you think copywriters need to do in order to become uh, considered for these roles? I think gone are the days where you can have that really lovely life where you're just writing and then you're handing over your beautiful work to someone to get it out into the universe. Those days are gone. Um, I think that there is a place for that for sure. Those there, there are absolutely those roles still exist. But, you know, if I was a betting person, I would say in five years that maybe they won't, you know. And I'm not talking about ad agency land, you know. In ad agencies, there's always going to be, you know, the short headline and the, the funny cop, copy and things like that. But outside of advertising, um, it really needs to be, you, you know, you need to say to yourself, if I'm going to be writing copy, it needs to be SEO rich and it needs to then translate across every single platform that you can imagine somebody reading that, um, which of course is going to be different on the different platforms. Your tone of voice is going to have to change if you're talking on LinkedIn, perhaps to if you were talking on Instagram. Um, and you then need to know, you, you have to want to then put your copy out there and then you have to want to then go into the analytics to make sure it's being engaged with. That can be quite confronting for a few writers listening because they're probably thinking, I really love just working from home, as you said, writing, uh, not having to engage with a lot of people because that is often, I'm being general now, but that sense of I do my bit and then it's over to the rest of them and I don't have to engage or participate ever again mm. that must be quite confronting for a lot of people listening because it's really changing and reimagining what copywriting means to them so I think what's also interesting Vicky Ann is the skills that you're talking about are not necessarily the skills that come naturally to a copywriter you know things like analytics um, you know uploading content and looking at um, you know the back end of WordPress or whatever it might be and also being across multiple platforms is not necessarily something that they've really you know signed up for when they think about becoming a copywriter so what do you say to people who are thinking that way look I think that like seriously the kids coming up through the ranks now they know they know how to post they know how to put things on social media um and the analytics side seriously it's they've dumbed it down to a point where anybody can have a look at analytics to see what the engagement is you know even I can do it and I'm, I'm well, that's saying something you know, I'm it's, actually not, it's actually not scary and even the you know we'll call it the back end of the website where you go in and and you can actually post um the articles etc on the site now 
most of most back ends of website are so user friendly and so it kind of sounds scary but it's not and what i say to people is this if you want your writing to be seen then you need to get it out there and companies just want the copywriter to be um, accountable and the copywriter will be accountable if they're writing it uploading it checking the analytics to make sure it's being engaged so i can I, you know i completely understand why it's going down that path and it's not as scary as it sounds i think what it is is probably just a mind shift and an acceptance that like for example seo once people have a little understanding of what seo is and that's search engine optimization for anyone listening who doesn't know but once they like do a course suddenly they go, oh, I now feel empowered, you know, and it's just a decision to actually engage with some content and learn it and just know that if you just put the time in, you can learn it. And then you become really, it becomes exciting because suddenly these jobs that were maybe off the table uh, become on the table and you can start to compete with them. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of when copywriters come to you, um, what stage of their career should they be at in order to make the most of that relationship with you? We we need the copywriter to have at least three years full-time commercial experience before our clients will consider them. So um, anything under three years, you're still considered very much a junior. And, you know, for most recruiters, their client bases just don't pay fees to a recruiter to go and find a junior. So, you know, once you've clocked three years full-time experience, you should have enough work in your folio to be able to demonstrate the the, the type of writer you are um, and the more diverse you are then obviously the more opportunity they'll be for you. When you say diverse do you mean with the types of clients that you've worked with and the types of material you've created? It's more about the material that you've created um, you know if it's short copy for social if it's long copy for blogs um, and I think I said earlier maybe you've done a white paper um, you may have done some technical writing for, I don't know, a financial services institution perhaps. Um, maybe you've done some internal comms, some external comms, you know, being able to beautifully display that in a folio is absolutely critical. Um, I, I really recommend that you engage a graphic designer and a junior graphic designer can even do this for you, but they'll be able to really present that work beautifully in the folio. Um, and that's even that is incredibly important. It can't just be a bunch of words on the page. It, it needs to it needs to look good. The client needs to be able to imagine um, that you can produce that sort of work for them. And I'm assuming here that this is all housed on a website, not in a hard copy format. The portfolio. Uh, yeah, it's in a PDF. It's a PDF, you know. Some 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 people have um, websites where you can click around and have a look at their work. Um, it's not our preferred method as a recruiter because what you're relying on is that, A, you're updating your website, um, but B, if there's a lot of work on there, you're relying on the client clicking in the right places. Whereas if you have a folio that um, is in a PDF form, that's really succinct to the role that you're applying for, um, then you're dictating what the client's looking at. And I think that's just so much more powerful. 
terms of someone who's maybe wanting to submit some work for you, how long should that PDF go for? I mean, when you talk about three years experience, how many pieces is is appropriate or even too much? I would have two pieces for each of the categories at least. Okay. So when you say categories, do you mean the financial services or you mean the actual medium? No, the medium. So, for example, if you were producing, um, you know, some some snappy headlines for some social media tiles, you know, if you had, it's uh, and it's important not to just have the words. Actually, have a, a, a an image of your work on the social media platform. You know, you have a couple of those. You might decide to include a couple of um, blogs that you wrote recently. Um, you know, a snippet of a white paper. Um, that that type of thing, but I would have it, you know, if you can, at least a couple of examples of each of those different types of writing. Cool. And what about people who are sitting there thinking, I don't have any of that, uh, I don't have any clients, and this is the chicken and the egg scenario, How? what do you recommend to a student or a copywriter who doesn't have that, um, has the passion and the interest but hasn't got the work to show you? How can they build that portfolio? That's you know it's difficult because we don't because we're unable to represent people just starting out. But it's there's I guess there's two two ways to build your portfolio, and that is get as many freelance gigs as you possibly can. Um, but you can also in the beginning make it up. You know, be very very clear that none of this work is published, but. If I was doing social media, maybe this would be my tone of voice. If I was doing a blog, this would be my tone of voice. If I was doing a white paper, maybe it would look like this. You can certainly go down that path and we've seen people that have done it, um, which is great, um, but it's really about trying to get that freelance work as, as much as you can, you know, go and you've got friends, you've got family, you've got there, there are networks and just say, can I just write some social media um, articles for you or some blogs for you so that I can put put it in my folio. In terms of um, pay, you know, I think what copywriters listening will be very excited to hear is that you actually go and get them the work because I think a lot of the getting of the work is daunting for students. And when I say students, I mean copywriting students of mine um, who've actually had potentially 20 years experience working, but it's a new industry for them and they don't see themselves as copywriters, even though they've been writing content, which is another story. But how, um, what kind of pay rates could you hope to gain for copywriters of, say, three years' experience? What kind of work would you be getting them? So at the moment, if you had three years' experience as a copywriter and you were really across all of those different sections and you were you know, wanting or have already done the social media aspect of it and the analytics, et cetera, of starting out, you know, there's roles out there for six, that start at 60K, which is incredible for three years' experience. Um, and, you know, once you're very experienced, I mean, the world is your oyster after that. But, you know, on a permanent side of things, three years' experience, if you're doing all of those different areas, you know, you, you could get a job for a base rate of about 60000 60, And let's go right to the other end of the spectrum. Let's say you've had multiple years' experience, you're really well recognised, um, you're hot to trot. What kind of money or income could those people expect to be earning? You know, it's it, 
I speak to people that are earning over $200,000 a year. You know, yeah. they're at the top of their field. It really depends. In all honesty, a lot of the, the, the really senior copywriters, they end up being freelancers. Oh, why is that? I don't know. I think perhaps it's the variety of the work. Um, but that, you know, it appears to be when you're at the top of your game, it's, it's unless you're in perhaps a marketing type role where you happen to be a copywriter, um, you know, there's a, a, a lot of writers who are also art directors. So they're the copywriter art director skill. Um, and a lot of them freelance. So in terms of the, the roles that you find for people, is it more placement full-time you know, roles or is it more three days a week or daily daily jobs? What what sort of jobs do you find for people? It's it's a mix. So we get asked for freelance writers all the time. Um, and we've got right now we've got six of these unicorn roles on that are permanent roles. Um, so if anyone's listening and they happen to be a copywriter that can do uh, can do content production and read analytics then definitely get in touch because you know this is the hard role that I was talking about earlier. Awesome that's very exciting. So in terms of the future of copywriting uh, what do you see happening? Is this a growth industry as far as you're, you're concerned? I think these roles are. Um, I mean there'll always be roles for copywriters. I mean I'm a recruiter, I'm not a copywriter, so I don't know if I'm the right person to even ask this question too, but you know, where would we be without them? Um you can tell, you know, when we're looking at folios, we can very quickly tell whether somebody is a trained copywriter or whether there's someone who is a strong writer. I think the two are different. And, you know, when clients come to us, they're obviously looking for the trained copywriter that just really has a knack for tone of voice or has a knack for understanding what the different social platforms require from you um, with regards to how you write. Um, yeah. So for a copywriter maybe who does get a job through you or anywhere for that matter and they turn up first day on the job, um, let's say it's a part-time three days a week. What do you see happen with copywriters who make rookie errors? You know, what what should they not do when they're working with a client for the first time that you've heard about and you think, oh, we shouldn't have done that? Make spelling mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> Drives us insane. And, you know, if there's a spelling mistake in your CV, you won't get in front of us. We don't care. We just, you know, it's it's a delete straight away, unfortunately, because you can't afford that, you know, and there's no excuse for it anymore either. There's enough programs out there to double and quadruple check. But that is the biggest thing is, is um, the biggest gripe is spelling and grammar errors. What are you finding, um, actually, any other tips before I talk about grammar and style, any other tips on, you know, starting off with a new client that you you know does not work well, that they should just avoid completely? The client whose brief is too open, I think that is, it's just, it's just the easiest way for everything to go wrong. Insist on, ask 
as many questions as you possibly can. Give some examples, wing it in the moment and say, you know, is this what you're talking about or is this what you're talking about? What do you like? Um, but a brief that's too open, nine times out of ten, they'll come back because they know what they don't want. Um, but trying to get to what they do want, that that in itself is a craft and it doesn't matter whether you're a writer or a designer um, it doesn't matter. That brief is so important. I do concur. And I have a lot of students, and I'd love your thoughts on this, and you may not be you know, able to comment because you're not in the day-to-day -day of it, but I have uh, students who come to me, and I've had this too, where they say, I don't have time to give you a brief. Yeah. yeah. What do you say to that, Vicky? I, you, you don't have time for me to get it wrong either. And it's really costly because you're going to pay me anyway. You know, you're still going to pay me my hourly rate or my day rate, whether I get this right or not. And that's a really expensive process. Whereas if you can invest half an hour with me right now, I'm going to nail it for you. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of money, uh, we talked about full-time roles. What about freelance roles like daily rates for someone who's, let's say, got five years experience? What would you say is an average daily rate? Um, probably around the 550 per day. Um, and then look, it goes right up to there's writers out there that charge, you know, $1,200 a day. And it you know, really just depends who they are, what they've been doing, et cetera. Um, but, you know, off the top of my head, I think sort of that, you know, 550 a day is probably an average. And what's the situation in the process? So someone comes to you, you like their CV, uh, you might have something on the books, you put them forward. Uh, do they need to have an interview with that client? What's that? What's the next step? Once they've got through your gate, what's mm. the next step? So once we've decided that they're good at what they do, we'll call them for two reasons. One will be a client needs a freelancer or the client, you know, needs someone more permanently. But let's just say they need a freelancer. If it's a client that has been working with us um, and that, you know, the trust is established, it's actually rare that there's an interview. You know, they're, they're, they, they trust our judgment and it's the same, for example, we have a freelance portal and it's a VIP portal. We only put freelancers on there that we know are particularly good at what they do and so when our clients go in there looking for their own freelancer they can trust that person has been screened and interviewed by us and they're good at what they do and so there's no interview process if the project is going to be a long-term project where you know maybe two three four months sometimes they might decide to interview the person particularly if they have to be on site because then it also becomes about cultural fit um but more often than not in the freelance world there isn't an interview if it's a perm job then absolutely it's an interview and they'll be competing with you know pretty much on a regular basis to other writers so there's usually three that will go to interview um, you know, five might be put forward, three will go to interview and one person will get the job. And how can that, what can that copywriter do in that interview to maximise their chance of success, would you say? Prepare what we call PARS, Project Action Result. And when we send our candidates to interview, I actually share a vlog that I've produced, which is all about 
how to prepare for an interview, how to nail virtually any interview question that's ever asked of you. And it's by preparing at least six case studies that you can talk about. You're a writer. You should be able to really engage in the moment and communicate and talk about, you know, what the brief was, which is the project, the actions that you took, which might be your research methodology. It might be how you wrote it or who you interviewed, etc. And then, you know, the end result. As I said, everyone, that's just more of interest. No one really cares. It's actually about the actions that you took. The interviewer wants to know how you go about producing your work. You know, where do you research? How do you interview? You know, what is your writing style? What do you use for references? You know, um, that's actually what the interviewer is listening for, is that middle bit. I think that's interesting because the results, um, often you don't get access to those. Yeah. You know, so you can't really uh, share that because it, it's just built into the company's, you know, spreadsheets and you never really get access unless you go back to them and, and follow up. So are you saying that the results, be, people shouldn't be perturbed if they don't have those results to hand? Oh. Sometimes the best stories have disastrous results and the interviewer remembers you. You know, so it's never it's never about the the results, about the storytelling, but it's 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 the only opportunity you really get to talk to them about how you go about doing what you do in that action bit. And that is whether the interviewer tells you or not, that is what the interviewer is actually listening for. I want to jump back to the topic of grammar. Um, because you talk about the young people coming through, and I'm of a certain age, so I I grew up with a certain type of education that was kind of carrot and stick kind of thing, chalk and talk. And um, but I watched my 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 son and and other children come through the education system, and just wondering what you're seeing in terms of the younger, like the 18 to 23 year olds, for example, coming through now who are completely digitized, you know, digital natives. Um, what's happening there in terms of grammar and, and structure and things like that? If they're not a trained copywriter, unfortunately, it's it's not good. Um, and, you know, it's really depressing and sad. I think that um, that's the situation that we're in. Um, but, you know, when we're talking about copywriting, you, you know, if somebody's actually going out there and studying copywriting, you know, one assumes that they are, but they're fine with all of that. And they usually are. And that's the difference, as I was saying earlier, between someone who really has studied it, who has a passion for the English language and grammar, et cetera, versus um, somebody who is, you know, perhaps a strong writer, but um, those sorts of things let them let them down. Yeah, and I think it is in you. You know, you either want to do it and you have a, a, a pay, and you'll work not for free necessarily. I'm not suggesting that, but you'll work anyway because you just want to see what you can do. You know, and I say that to my students as well as take an ad, rewrite it, you know, see how you can make it better. Um, so even in the absence of paid work, and I'm not suggesting you should take free work unless you, you can't get it, um, you know, get paid work, mm. always be practicing. You know, it's all around you. A billboard, how would you fix that? you know, an ad on TV, what did they do wrong? I say this to my son all the time. I said, who's the target market there? You know, what would you do differently? What's the call to action? 
you know, so I think if you're in it and you love it, you're going to be just doing it anyway. That's right. You are. So in terms of um, people connecting with you, um, what should they do so that, you know, they can, I guess, get the best chance of working with you? But, you know, what are the what are the sort of the rules of engagement? Who, who should contact you and who shouldn't? Mm, okay, so anyone who's got more than three years full-time commercial experience, you know, we welcome that contact. Um, you know, it's easy to get our email addresses and our telephone numbers, et cetera. So, you know, that that side of it is really easy. But when you make contact, you're a writer, you need to stand out. We get hundreds of emails every day, you know, and it at Creative Recruiters, we've got a nothing in your inbox policy by the end of the day. So you imagine just how crazy that is. And you need to stand out. Um, use our name. You'd be really surprised at how many um, people at the beginning of their careers forget that that's important. You know, if you've gone to the trouble of finding my email address, you'll see my name's Vicky Ann. So say hi, Vicky Ann, you know. Um, As opposed to just hi. Hi or higher. Higher is the latest one. <laughs> so, you know, it's simple things like that. And say something catchy, say something funny, do something, but have your folio there and it needs to be beautifully prepared. So your recruiter has eight hours a day, just like everybody else, but we're expected to get through 24 hours worth of work in eight hours. And so we make our decisions in a nanosecond because otherwise we literally can't keep up. And so having that beautiful folio that we open it and we immediately see it's been designed, we, we, we stop because that's how it should be. And But because it's rare, you stop. And then, you know, if there's a couple of funny pieces in there, it, it engages you. Um, and then, you know, we're off and then we'll be in contact. You can also, um, just simply register, you know, you can go to our website. There's a big yellow tile on the homepage that has submit CV on there. Um, and there's a form and you literally fill out the details, um, on there and then you'll come up in searches, but there's, you know, there's nothing better than the human connection. And as a recruiter, you literally will be top of mind if you get to speak to that person. Are you suggesting they ring you? If they've got a really great folio, absolutely. If they haven't, the recruiter won't be able to give them the time. But if they know that they do, that they've got a well-designed folio, they've got some good pieces of work in there, for sure, absolutely, try and connect. Good. I, you just brought something up that happens to, uh, to a lot of my students is they've been working in other sectors, um, you know, and working not necessarily in comms or marketing even, but in the role of their 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 day to day, they've written stuff, but they wouldn't perceive themselves to be copywriters. So when you talk about three years experience commercial, um, what do you say to those people who are actually not technical, technically copywriters, but have been writing consistently? Because they're in marketing roles? Yeah, marketing roles or, you know, yeah. promotion or anything. Yeah. No, well, I mean, they're, those sorts of roles, um, are, 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 they're, they're really, they're, they're the typical roles, you know, that there will be marketers out there who will be writing and producing content. Absolutely. 
Um, but quite often the writing perhaps isn't at the level that a copywriter would produce, hence why everyone's now asking for the copywriter to do the content. But there are some great writers out there who are marketers, like really strong marketers who can also write. I mean, that is gold. Great. I just wanted to clarify that because a lot of people, when they hear, oh, I've got to have three years commercial experience as a copywriter because they don't identify as a copywriter, they don't therefore think they're qualified. So I just really wanted to make that clear for them that they should approach you potentially if they've got that experience. Marketers, marketers of any sort who can write um, absolutely in a heartbeat, you know, they're that, that that's really leading down the path where it's all going now. You're absolutely right. You know, the marketing used to be a separate function from copywriting and was obviously connected, but it was never the, th- the same thing. No, it's they're, they're very, very, very connected. So if you're, if you're a, a, a marketer and you happen to be a very strong writer, that is, that's fantastic. Vicky Ann, you have been an absolute wealth of information today for everyone listening. I think it's been really inspiring to to hear another perspective of how people can find work and how that uh, and how you know the new wave of what copywriting is requiring from everybody. So thank you so much for your time. Hey, you're welcome, Benedict. It's lovely to spend time with you. I really appreciate it. The future is indeed looking very rosy for those copywriting unicorns. And the best part is you can get upskilled in everything Vicky Ann is talking about by completing our three courses. They'll give you everything you need to qualify to become that well-rounded content creator. We don't think any other suite of courses can prepare you as comprehensively as ours. So please take a moment to look at what we offer and you can be on your way to future-proofing your copywriting career. If you'd like to learn more about how you can become a world-class copywriter and join a community of other copywriters, you can get upskilled, find work opportunities and much more. Take a look at copyclub.com.au, Australia's newest and most exciting copywriting community. If you're already listening to our podcast, please leave a review. We'd love to know what you think. As always, I'll leave you with a writing quote and my joke of the day. And I use that word joke very loosely. So here's my tip of the day for inspiration. Confidence is not, they will like me. Confidence is, I'll be fine if they don't. That's nice, isn't it? And the joke of the day, you will love this one. What did the zero say to the eight? That belt looks good on you. Thank you. All the best. Take care. It's Bernadette.